Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, approached, rolled back the stone, and sat upon it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing was white as snow. The guards were shaken with fear of him, and became like dead men. And the angel said to the women in reply, Do not be afraid. I know that you are seeking Jesus, the crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples he has been raised from the dead, and he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you, then they went away quickly from the tomb, fearful yet overjoyed, and ran to announce this to his disciples. Behold, Jesus met them on the way and greeted them. They approached, embraced his feet, and did him homage. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go, tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Guardian angels and patron saints, pray for us. Well, I have to say, uh, this is a, a great gift to be here with you all today. I am reflecting a little bit on how much things have changed for me over the course of the last year. Um, one year ago, I was presiding at the Easter Vigil at a small campus center in Emporia, Kansas, which I enjoyed very much, was very glad. However. Um, this year's preparation for the vigil was, was about as different as it could have been because uh, college students have no idea what they're doing <laughs> in the service of the liturgy. And it was a very stressful time to get everybody to figure out how everything was going to go. And this year, like clockwork, it's so wonderful to have you here and all of the devotion and the preparation that you put into the liturgy readings, music, all of the liturgical service that the brothers put on. I was going to say, may God be your reward, because no one will know about it, but now we're streaming this on the internet. I don't know how many people are watching, because we didn't get a chance to publicize it very well ahead of time, but we're grateful to Jairo Conchas for his uh, service and putting all of this together very professionally at the last minute so uh, we're grateful to that to you for that and of course we're happy to have Father Anand with us uh, veritably risen from the dead 
his illness has subsided and hail and and vigorous he's with us here tonight to be able to join us in, in prayer so thanks be to God for another miracle many many beautiful signs of God's care for us I think what strikes me above all in this church here today is that the church is young I may be the oldest person here yeah maybe not uh, <laughs> well, I certainly have the most gray hair. It's not much, but you just right, right there. All the gray hair in this church is right here. The church is young. That's my experience now. And why? Why is the church young? Not because our bodies are young, but because our hearts are full of love. We're close to the source of love. What is it that our readings say today? Why spend your money for what is not bread? Your wages for what fails to satisfy. Heed me and you shall eat well. You shall delight in rich fare. Come to me heedfully. Listen that you may have life. I will renew with you the everlasting covenant. The benefits assured to David. This is the source of the church's youth, the church's vigor. The church is renewed by her Lord, an infusion of blood and life, for life is in the blood. Life is carried in the blood. And we who receive that blood are given life, a life that transcends the limited, though very real, benefits that a gift of earthly blood can give. For the life that Jesus' blood carries is divine. The light that shines from the empty tomb is divine. The light that is reflected on the face, the raiment, clothing of the angels is divine. That is the source of the church's youth. That is the source of our youth. And that youth persists beyond the early years of our life and is capable of, of persevering beyond death itself. In some ways, Part of the reason we're here, as this little community, is the fact that as religious, based on the life that you're sharing, the concerns about some of those infections are, are not as present because of the life that you share. Right? You're around each other like a family. You're also part of that family because you have given something up. We've given something up. And so I think on that second reading that we heard today of our father in faith who was asked to give up something very dear to him. The son of the promise. The son that had been given to him as a kind of miracle. And that was now being 
taken back. Unfamiliar with the story, you might think there's something menacing in Abraham's words in response to Isaac's question. Father, we have fire, we have all the things that we need for a sacrifice, except for lamb. Where's the sheep for the Holocaust? Abraham's answer might be taken as something menacing, which he knows something that he's withholding from his son in a dark exchange with God. We know that's not the case with this story. Abraham says God himself will provide the sheep for the Holocaust. Abraham makes a venture of faith. Because of that venture of faith, he receives something that, by rights, he should never have been able to receive, a son. And by faith, he willingly gives that son back to God in a strange, mysterious, even self-contradictory test, quest. But this is why he is our father in faith. Because he manifests to us the truth of what a sacrifice means, of what it means to give up something when God asks it of us. And that is this, from a poem that I came across when I was in high school, a poem called The Hound of Heaven. I forget the name. How do you say hound in Spanish? Como se dice? Un perro que está usado de cazar. De seguir animales para cazarlos. Un perro. Perro de cazar. ¿Cómo? El cazador. Muy bien. El perro cazador de los cielos es el nombre de, de este poema. The Hound of Heaven. And it talks about this man's flight from God. He flees from God because God asks too much of him. He knows that he'll have to give up too much if he gives himself to God. And he can't bring himself to do it. And at the end of the poem, totally exhausted from his attempts to escape from this hound that is pursuing him, el perro cazador. He gives up, and he turns and he starts to argue, why? Why do you want everything? Why do you take everything? Why do you give us these things and then ask for them back over and over? What, 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 what game are you playing? Why did you give me what I have if you wanted Take it back again. And the answer comes. I took from you these things not for your harm, but that you would seek them in my arms. That's Abraham. That's what Abraham is asked to do. In a perfect act of faith, seek for nothing apart from God and God's will. What we have to do, religious, priests, 
those discerning, those who are married, all of us have to continually give back. And what's given in Isaac isn't just what's dear to Abraham, but his very life. It's him. It's it's himself. What purpose would his life have if his son, the son of God's promise, was lost, even in a sacrifice? He asks these things of us, not for our harm, but that we seek them in his arms. Alleluia. Amen. Deo gracias. En el nombre del Padre, del Hijo y del Espíritu Santo. Amen. Well, on the occasion of Easter Sunday, I thought a reading of the poem that I quoted in the homily would be appropriate. So, The Hound of Heaven by Francis Thompson. I fled him down the nights and down the days. I fled him down the arches of the years. I fled him down the labyrinthine way of my own mind. And in the midst of tears I hid from him and under running laughter. Up vistaed hopes I sped and shot precipitated adown titanic glooms of chasmid fears from those strong feet that followed, followed after. But with unhurrying chase and unperturbed pace, deliberate speed, majestic instancy they beat, and a voice beat more instant than the feet. All things betray thee, who betrayest me. I pleaded outlaw-wise by many a hearted casement, curtained red, trellised with intertwining charities. For though I knew his love who followed, Yet was I sore adread, lest having him I must have naught beside. But if one little casement parted wide, the gust of his approach would clash it too. Fear wist not to evade, as love wist to pursue. Across the margin of the world I fled, and troubled the gold gateways of the stars, smiting for shelter on their clanged bars, fretted to dulcet jars and silver chattering the pale ports of the moon. I said to dawn, be sudden, to eve, be soon. With thy young skyey blossoms, heap me over from this tremendous lover. Float thy vague veil about me, lest he see. I tempted all his servitors, but to find my own betrayal in their constancy, in faith to him their fickleness to me, their traitorous trueness, and their loyal deceit. To all swift things for swiftness did I sue, clung to the whistling mane of every wind. But whether they swept smoothly fleet the long savannas of the blue, or whether thunder-driven they clanged his chariot thwart a heaven, plashy with flying lightnings round the spurn of their feet, fear wist not to evade as love wist to pursue. Still with unhurrying chase and unperturbed pace, deliberate speed, majestic instancy, came on the following feet, and a voice above their beat, Not shelters thee, who wilt not shelter me. I sought no more that after which I strayed in face of man or maid, but still within the little children's eyes seems something, something that replies. They at least are for me, surely for me. I turned me to them very wistfully, but just as their young eyes grew sudden fair with dawning answers there, 
their angel plucked them from me by the hair. Come then, ye other children, natures, share with me, said I, your delicate fellowship. Let me greet you lip to lip, let me twine with you caresses, wantoning with our lady mother's vagrant tresses, banqueting with her in her wind-walled palace, underneath her azure dais, quaffing as your taintless way is from a chalice lucent weeping out of the day-spring. So it was done. I, in their delicate fellowship, was one, drew the bolt of nature's secrecies. I knew all the swift importings on the willful face of skies. I knew how the clouds arise spumed of the wild sea-snortings. All that's born or dies rose and drooped with, made them shapers of mine own moods, or wailful or divine. With them joyed and was bereaven. I was heavy with the even when she let her glimmering tapers round the day's dead sanctities. I laughed in the morning's eyes. I triumphed and I saddened with all weather. Heaven and I wept together, and its sweet tears were salt with mortal mine. Against the red throb of its sunset heart, I laid my own to beat, and share commingling heat. But not by that, by that was eased my human smart. In vain my tears were wet on heaven's gray cheek. For ah, we know not what each other says, these things and I. In sound I speak, their sound is but their stir. They speak by silences. Nature, poor stepdame, cannot slake my drought. Let her, if she would owe me, drop yon blue bosom veil of sky and show me the breasts of her tenderness. Never did any milk of hers once bless my thirsting mouth. Nigh and nigh draws the chase with unperturbed pace, deliberate speed, majestic instancy, and past those noised feet a voice comes yet more fleet. Lo, not contents thee, who contents not me. Naked I wait thy love's uplifted stroke. My harness piece by piece thou hast hewn from me, and smitten me to my knee. I am defenseless utterly. I slept methinks and woke, and slowly gazing find me stripped in sleep. And the rash lust ahead of my young powers, I shook the pillaring hours and pulled my life upon me, grimed with smears. I stand amid the dust of the mounded years. My mangled youth lies dead beneath the heap. My days have crackled and gone up in smoke, have puffed and burst as sun starts on a stream. Yea, faileth now even dream the dreamer, and the lute the lutenist, even the linked fantasies in whose blossomy twist I swung the earth a trinket at my wrist are yielding, chords of all too weak account for earth with heavy griefs so overplussed. Was thy love indeed a weed, albeit an amaranthine weed, suffering no flowers except its own to mount? Ah, must, designer infinite, ah, must thou char the wood, ere thou canst limb with it? My freshness spent its wavering shower in the dust, and now my heart is as a broken fount, wherein tear-drippings stagnate 
spilt down ever from the dank thoughts that shiver upon the sighful branches of my mind. Such is. What is to be? The pulp so bitter how shall taste the rind? I dimly guess what time in mists confounds. Yet ever and anon a trumpet sounds from the hid battlements of eternity. Those shaken mists, a space unsettled, and round the half-glimpsed turrets slowly wash again. But not ere him who summoneth I first have seen and wound with glooming robes purpureal cypress-crowned. His name I know, and what his trumpet saith. Whether man's heart or life it be which yields thee harvest, must thy harvest fields be dunged with rotten death? Now of that long pursuit comes on at hand the brute that voices round me like a bursting sea. And is thy earth so marred, shattered in shard on shard? Lo, all things fly thee, for thou fliest me. Strange, piteous, futile thing, wherefore should any set thee love apart? Seeing none but I makes much of naught, he said, and human love needs human meriting. How hast thou merited of all man's clotted clay the dingiest clot? Alack, thou knowest not how little worthy of any love thou art. Whom wilt thou find to love ignoble thee, save me, save only me? All which I took from thee I did but take not for thy harms, but just that thou might seek it in my arms. All which thy child's mistake fancies as lost, I have stored for thee at home. Rise, clasp my hand, and come. Halts by me that footfall. Is my gloom, after all, shade of his hand, outstretched caressingly? Ah, fondest, blindest, weakest, I am he whom thou seekest. Thou dravest love from thee who dravest me. Happy Easter to all.